NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's December and I'm Brian Ripley Crandall, director of the Connecticut Writing Project at Fairfield University. And it is a true pleasure to be with you once again. It always seems like we educators are between a rock and a hard place and are in need of more lions in the sky or haikus for all seasons and more opportunities to play with the moon. If only someone would knit us a pair of mittens. Ah, my good friend and co-host Tanya. It's crazy to think that the two of us were all over the National Council of Teachers of English. We never ran into each other once, even in individual spaces. So how's your holiday shopping going, I'm wondering? Are you gonna knit me a pair of mittens? Ah, My hands are getting cold here in Connecticut. Well, Brian, you know, I'm in California where it never really gets that cold. I don't need my mittens anymore. And personally, I don't know how to knit mittens or even where you might start if you wanted to. But lucky for you, in our show today, we're going to talk to a lot of people, an author, a teacher, and a classroom full of students, and they might be able to tell you a lot about this question. And if not, they're going to get us talking about reading and writing and making books, which you and I might enjoy even more. So welcome, everybody, to the show. I'm very pleased that we have Laura Purdy Salas with us today, a writer a previous teacher and first grade classroom, Lisa Lapina's in the house. <laughs> it is my pleasure to be able to introduce former teacher, Laura Purdy Salas. Salas. I told you we said, I said we don't mess up that name because it's easy and we kept practicing. Anyway, she believes in reading small picture books and poems and how they have a power to impact our lives, right? She has written more than, ready for this? Drum roll, please. 130 books for kids, including Line of the Sky, Kirkus Best Books and Parents Magazine Best Books of the Year, the Ken B Series, Bank Street Best Books, IRA Teacher's Choice, and BookSpeak, Minnesota Book Award, NCTE Notable. Laura shares inspiration and practical tips with educators about poetry, nonfiction, and so much more. Today, we're warming our mugs of hot chocolate with anticipation of if you want to knit some Mittens. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. We also have Miss Lapina. Ms. Lapina is currently teaching first grade in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I know you're very excited. <laughs> and she has some, a whole classroom of first, first graders with us for this interview today. We're so excited. Uh, Ms. Lapina attended Bloomsburg University where she earned a bachelor's degree in early childhood and elementary education in 2011. Following BU, Lisa attended the University of Pennsylvania graduating in 2013 with a master's degree in reading, writing, and literacy. She moved to Maryland in 2013 and taught first grade for five years. She moved back to Pennsylvania in 2018 and taught first grade in Upper Darby, PA before moving to the school district of Philadelphia in 2020. She taught kindergarten last year and looped with her students to first grade this year. That's really lucky of you. It's been a joy for her to spend a second year with this class. She's so grateful for all the ways that the National Writing Project has positively influenced her career as an educator. We're so happy that you're here, Lisa. Thank you. Now, 
sorry. We are excited to have you. Now I'm going to ask you to introduce, as we do on the right time, a writing prompt. And people could, if they wanted to, if they were watching a recording of the show, pause now and do this writing prompt before the interview, if they'd like. Go ahead and tell us what you've brought. So our writing prompt today says, close your eyes and think of something really difficult that you know how to do. Think about how you can teach this skill to someone else, what steps should be taken, what materials need to be prepared, and let's write down directions to explain to someone else how to do it. And this writing prompt was inspired by Lara's book. Lovely. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to um, go ahead and shut off my camera. And so is Brian, we're going to leave this to you and Laura and your class. And we look forward to the conversation. Have fun, first graders. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to pick a friend in my classroom that can come up and read the question. Okay. So if you, so remember friends, if you would like to read the question, you're gonna stand close to the speaker here and speak clearly so that Lara can hear you, okay? All right. Ms. Lapina? Yes. Sorry to interrupt. The first slide that I was gonna share doesn't have a question for it. Oh, okay. Can I just share that real quick, just so I don't- Oh, yes, I, I would love that. Let's have you start. Thank you, Lara. Sure. Um, I just thought I would share with y'all where I am visiting you from. Um, I live in Minnesota and this picture on the right is my little studio where I write and it's where I'm sitting right now. So I am in that chair with the aqua um, part and I look out the window. And then on the left side of your screen is a picture of me on my treadmill because I write at a treadmill desk. So I walk really slowly or else I would fall, um, but I walk while I write um, most days for like three or four hours. Um, so that's what I usually look like when I'm working, but I'm really happy to be here talking to you guys today. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're getting sure. some applause from the audience. <laughs> We have a lot of questions for you. So here is our first question. So um, Nico, can you stand up? And here's your card. Okay. Come right over here next to the speaker. Okay. And just read it nice and slow with your, your loud voice. Okay. What made you want to be a writer? Laura, were you able to hear that? I was. What made me want to be a writer? Well, you know, a lot of things went into that, but the, the, real, the real heart of it is because when I was a kid, um, my, my household was not all that happy. Um, and I spent a lot of time kind of escaping into books. I was sort of lonely and I read books all the time. Um, and so when I grew up, and figured out that I maybe wanted to be a writer, which I didn't even think about till I was in college, I realized that what I most wanted to do was write books for kids. 
um, so that my books could maybe be friends with some kids today, um, whether they need a friend and need to escape or just learn interesting stuff or laugh. So that's why I, I wanted to make books for kids because I needed books so much. Thank you for sharing that. Friends, who likes to escape into books? Can you give me the connection? You find an escape in books. You're getting a lot of connections today. Awesome. Okay, my friends, I'm looking for another reader. Someone, it's okay. So if you, if you do not wish to be a reader, you do not have to. If you would like to volunteer, just give me a wave. Okay. Sina, would you like to read the next question? Okay, come up to the speaker so that Laura can hear you and read it right into here, okay? What is the hardest part of bookmaking? Thank you, Sina. Can I have your card? Thank you. That is a great question. Um, and I like how one of the questions we'll talk about later are maybe like the favorite parts of the writing process versus the favorite and hardest part of the kind of publishing process because they're two really different things. And I will say that the hardest part for me is the waiting. So first graders, if you know what year you were born in, I would love to hear what year that was. Give a wave if you know. Joe Smith, say it loudly. May 14, 2015. 2015. Okay, great. And I'm guessing that's true for a lot of your students. Mm -hmm. I started writing, if you want to knit some mittens, in 2014, before you were even born, I wrote this. And now it just became a real book a month ago. So wow. as long as it has taken you to grow up into the people you are, that's how long it has taken my words to become a book. And so that, that waiting is really hard for me. And in the book, um, you can take the slide down if you want, Tanya. Um, in the book, which goes through the process of a sheep all the way to getting um, wool from the sheep and turning the wool into yarn and then turning the yarn into mittens, it is kind of a lengthy process. And the girl in the book, steps 10, 11, and 12 are all the same. They are weight. And I didn't really think about it as I was writing it, but afterward it's like, oh yeah, we have a lot in common. <laughs> when you try to make something, um, whether it's a painting or a craft project or a story or a book, a lot of times there's a lot of waiting. And that's that's hard for me. Do you agree with Laura that when we're writing books, is it hard to wait until we're done? And we get to pull it. Uh, their favorite part of bookmaking, we sketch and we draft and we write and write and write. And at the end, we get to add colors and add details. And that's their favorite part. And it's very, very hard to wait until that last step so we can make that connection to you. Yeah. I feel you first graders. <laughs> All right, my friends, we have this next question we wanted to ask you because we are starting our informative writing unit and we are teaching people about all different topics. 
And so this is a question that was inspired because of the start of our new unit. So who would like to ask question number three with a nice loud speaking voice? If you've already gotten to ask a question, I'm gonna ask you to put your hand down, okay? Andrew, would you like to come ask this question? Okay, we're all gonna take turns, okay? If there's time, we can ask extra questions. Okay, so when you read your question, right into the speaker with your loud speaking voice. What else do you know how to do? What are you an expert at? Thank you. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, you know, it's funny because when I was working on this book, I felt a little bit like a faker. Um, because I am not an expert knitter. I, I can knit, um, and maybe later on I can show you a project that is not so successful. Um, and so I, I'm, what I am an expert at is I'm an expert at trying different creative things and having a lot of fun with them even when I'm not good at them. <laughs> so for instance, uh, one thing I like to do is I play a little instrument called a kalimba or a thumb piano. And when you, when you pluck these little metal bars, it makes sounds. And so I play along with songs and I sing and I don't do either one very well. <laughs> Nobody would say I'm an expert at that, but I really enjoy it. Um, Laura, we have, we have two or three students that are making a connection to you right now that also like to play that instrument. I have that at my house. A couple, me, me, a lot of friends that have it at their house. Wow, I, I've never I, met anyone else who has one. <laughs> um, when I have mentioned it, you know, online a couple of times, people have asked, oh, what's that? That's amazing. Woohoo. Well, I'm going to think about y'all when I next play songs um, that maybe you're out there playing some music at the very same time. That is so cool. That's a very cool connection. Yeah. Thank you for telling me that. Um, another thing I like to do, but that I'm not an expert at, is I like to try to watercolor paint. And so a whole lot of the time, I end up with stuff that isn't really um, anything that I thought it was maybe going to be. But then every once in a while, like I'm, I'm following this book that kind of gives you outlines to paint within and then step-by-step -step directions. Wow. And so every once in a while, it's like, oh, I, I did it. That's kind of cool. But then, you know, other times it's like, oh, my otter is all splotchy and wrong. And so I am not an expert at very much, but I am an expert at enjoying it and keeping on practicing things, trying to get a little bit better while I have fun. That's wonderful. We talk about practicing things that we enjoy and knowing that we're not perfect and we can keep trying and keep getting better at all different things. You're getting yeah. a lot of connections from our friends in our classroom right oh, now. Good. And lots of friends oh, yeah. love to paint. So a creative group there. We do. We have um, this next question came up a lot when we were brainstorming questions. 
And so I'm looking for a reader for question number four. If you would like to be a reader for question number four, can you give me a wave? Emma, would you like to read one? So remember, come right up to this microphone, okay? Read it right into there. What is the most fun part of being an author? Great job, Emma, thank you. Thanks, the most fun part of being an author. So very different from my favorite part of the actual writing. This is, I was taking this as part of the being an author, like having things published. And, you know, I do a lot of research looking for facts. And a lot of that is just me standing at my laptop reading. <laughs> um, you know, I do a lot of that research online, reading books, emailing experts in topics who know a lot more than I do. And that's fine. It's not all that exciting, you know, but sometimes I get to do in-person hands-on research and that is so much fun. So I think we have a picture here, a couple of pictures. Ready? Watch this. Sorry, technical difficulties. I'll be right with you. That's no worries. Okay. We understand technical difficulties. <laughs> we are not experts at everything. What happened? Okay, let's see, Laura, maybe. It's me and a lamb for the first one. Mm -hmm. It's okay, it'll be up soon. So while, while Tanya is getting that, I'll tell you that a lot of my research for if you want to knit some mittens was done, like I said, online or through reading or whatever. Um, but then I did get to go to a little farm here in Minnesota where the farmer raises sheep and then she has the sheep sheared and gets the wool um, and she turns it into yarn and sells it. And um, so I got to see a lot of sheep and a lot of the sheep were um, not quite scary, but you know, they're big and they're bulky and they're loud and they're um, buying, you know, right in my face and they're really dirty. <laughs> so it was kind of like, oh, th these are real sheep, not cute, you know, storybook sheep. Um, but they also had a lamb named Moochie whose mother was not feeding it. And so Moochie was what they call a bottle lamb. So the, the farmer was the one taking care of it. And so I got to hold and cuddle with Moochie, which was super fun and made me feel just really protective of um, the, the sheep in the book. And then this is for a different book, but a couple of years ago, this next slide, um, I got to go on a huge boat. So in the Great Lakes up here in the Northern United States, um, they have iron ore freighters. And these freighters, if you took a building that's a hundred stories tall, so a huge skyscraper building, and you turned it on its side, that's how long this boat is. It's more than a thousand feet long. 
And I'm just fascinated by these boats. And a couple of years ago, my husband and I got to take a research trip and spend a week on this boat um, as it was hauling cargo from Minnesota around to other states. And it was just the coolest thing ever. Um, so that in-person research where you feel the textures of, you know, fleece that's come off of a sheep and where you um, hear the sounds of the engine room or the sheep making noise, that's, that's usually my favorite part. Thank you so much. That was incredible to hear those stories. You had a lot of wows and everyone is very amazed by these pictures. We give, we give a wow face in our room. You can't see it with our mask, but we make wow with our mouth. So we, we go like this it. and say wow. So you're getting a lot of wow faces. I feel the wow love. <laughs> so we have, we have another question for you that came up yesterday and a lot of students are very interested to hear your response to this question in relation to the pictures in your stories. Okay. So I'm looking for a friend that, remember, if you do not wish to be a volunteer, it's okay. Give me a wave if you would like to read the question. Rafi, you come up. Okay, careful. You got it. All right. So read it right into the speaker so that she can hear you, okay? When you are five, creating a book, how do you, what? You got it, select, uh-huh. Select your, your, how do you select your illustrator? Illustrator is a big word, isn't it? It's is a um, big word. That's a great question. And the answer maybe will surprise you. Um, so, you know, Ms. Lapina was telling me how it's hard to be patient to get ready to add the art and the color when, when y'all are publishing your own work. And I wanna ask you a question. How would it feel if she said, instead of drawing your own illustrations to go with your story or your informative writing, um, I'm going to take your words and hand them off to another student and they will illustrate it however they want. And you don't get to say too much about it. So what do you think about that? Do you like that idea? No. You're getting a lot of head shakes and a lot of surprised eyes. Well, that is pretty much how it works with picture books. Um, usually the editor, who's kind of like my teacher, um, you know, the editor is the person who tells you what's working, but asks questions and helps you make your, um, your words even better and stronger. Usually that person will send me a list and say, oh, here are the artists we are thinking about. You know, what do you think? And so sometimes I have a chance to give feedback like, oh, I really love this person. It seems like their work would really go well. Or, ooh, I don't care for that style at all. It doesn't feel like a good fit. Um, so sometimes I get to give a little bit of feedback. But 
sometimes I get an email from the editor who says, guess what, we've picked the illustrator and it is so-and-so. Um, and so usually the results are wonderful, but it's a very scary, nerve wracking feeling um, because 99% of the time you as the author, as the writer, you don't get to pick your illustrator. Um, in the case of if you want to knit some mittens, um, it was such it was such good news to find out that Angela Madison was going to be doing the art because she and I, one moment, please. because she and I had already made a book together in the middle of the night. And I knew her characters are just the cutest characters ever. So I knew she would do a fabulous job and bring a lot of creativity. Um, and she's the one, you know, my text indicated that um, sheep throughout the whole process is causing kind of a lot of mayhem. Um, for instance, um, could you go ahead and take the slide down just so that I can show them this nice and big? Thanks. Um, so when she's drying the fleece, you know, she thinks it might be a good idea to ride her bike over it and press all that water out. It's not a good idea. Um, when she is carding the fleece, which is when you kind of do this to it to make it nice and wispy. Um, so it's really rough and hard and sheep thinks, oh, maybe it would be a good idea to try that out on the girl's braids. It's, it's not a good idea. Um, so Angela did just such an awesome job of showing sheep being really mischievous and um, causing all sorts of mayhem throughout the book. So I feel really lucky um, but it's still scary to sort of hand off your words to, to somebody else creative and see what they're going to do with it. It's exciting, but scary. That was, that was really surprising to a lot of us. So my friends, did you know that when you're an author, you have to hand your book off and someone else gets to do all of the pictures? No? Yeah. Would, give a connection if you think that would be a little scary if you were to do the writing and you had to hand it off to someone else. Yeah. Can anyone tell Laura um, about the characters in the book that we were looking at and we just thought they are so fun and so cute and they were kind of in the background. There was little background characters that we really loved. We loved the main characters, but we, we really liked the characters in the background. Does anyone remember them? Josie, do you remember them? Come up here so she can hear you, hear you tell her. The pig. We really like the pigs. <laughs> I love the pig. I love the pig. And I like one thing I love is how at the end when there are gifts being given and, you know, the pig has this round thing and then uh -huh. there's these three little long skinny bits. And then when you get to the last page, you see that you know, pig and chicken are sledding on a saucer and that the little chicks are on skis. I mean, that's totally the illustrator. She added all those characters um, and I just think they're genius, yeah. 
Yes, we loved those. Neiman, did you want to share something? The chicks. We loved the little chicks. The chicks, I know. Aren't they amazing? Yes. Um, and, oh, I'm sorry. Can I oh, ask no. one question? Yes, please, go ahead. So did anybody notice at the end of the book that the girl has not only knitted mittens, she has knitted something else too. Did you guys notice that? Did anyone did anyone notice that? Who can come tell Lara what, what did you notice? What else did she knit at the end? Gabby, do you want to tell her? Do you remember? Talk right into here. The hat. Yes, the hat. Oh my gosh. So cute. And if we get to the question about revision, I'll talk a little bit um, more about that. But I love that she's got the mittens and that sheep has this wonderful hat and they're just zooming down that snowy hill. I Good just memory. want to make sure that we're still okay on time. We do have more questions for you, but are we still okay on time? Good for one more. Oh, one more. Oh my okay, goodness. You can have two. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, this is hard first graders. We have so many good questions come in. Um, let's see. Okay. I think this is a good one because we are working on this right now in our classroom during writing workshop. What do you do? When you want to write about something challenging, how do you overcome your fears and how do you problem solve as a writer? So a lot of times in our unit right now, we have started writing about things that they're really challenging topics with really challenging words. And we wanna tell our, our readers all about them, but we wanna know how do you problem solve as an author and how do you work through those challenging times as a writer? That is a super question because every writer, whether you're first grader or you're 80 years old and you've been writing your whole life, every writer is going to face um, those challenging times. And what I tend to do is I tend to brainstorm. So that means I just try to come up with as many possible options as I can for myself. Um, because when I feel stuck, I, it helps me feel better to know, oh, look at all these possibilities. So for example, um, I wanted to write a book about how animals get ready for winter and survive winter. Uh, it turned into snack, snooze, skedaddle, how animals get ready for winter. And, but I didn't know how I wanted to tell that story or share those facts. And I brainstormed an enormous list, like 20 things of ways that story could be told. So one idea was maybe the animals could all come back after winter break and they could give a little report to their fellow students about what I did. Um, or another idea was maybe they could all um, open fortune cookies and the fortune cookie would give a hint like you are going on a long journey and that would be somebody who was going to migrate. Um, and so I had all these possibilities and it, it helps me feel unstuck to know I have options here. And then what I do is I look at my options and I pick the one that 
I, that appeals to me the most and I give it a try. Like I tried the fortune cookie one. Sometimes that option works and sometimes it doesn't. The fortune cookie didn't work <laughs> at all. So I got you know a little bit into it and realized, oh, I'm gonna try something else. And so for me, a huge part of my writing process is trial and error. I just, I don't know till I try it if it's going to work or not. And so sometimes when it comes to trying to use, you know, complicated processes to explain those processes, um, I don't know till I write it and then I realize, oh, this is way too long and complicated. Okay, what's another way I could try to explain this? What can I cut out? Okay, I'll try it again. And so it's just a lot of trial and error and knowing that's part of the process. It doesn't mean you did it wrong. It just means I haven't found the best way to share this story or these facts, you know, whatever it is I'm writing about. That's a really important lesson for us. Thank you so much for sharing. Sure. Okay, our last question. Do I have a friend? We have, I, we have so many friends that are volunteering and so many friends that would like to continue asking you more questions, but I know we can't keep you here all day. Okay, so um, Josna, do you wanna come up? You can pick one of these cards, okay? Which one do you wanna do? What is your favorite color? What is your favorite color? My favorite color is teal, which is kind of between blue and green. It's my favorite color. Me too. I agree. Teal rules. Te second. second favorite color. Lots of first favorite colors. Thank you so much, Laura. Oh, thank you. And thank you, first graders. Leaving with writing, we selected this as our final activity says, let's create a diamante or diamond poem that describes a story about making something. Uh, that's fantastic. And I think it's a great follow-up to the next to the last question where Laura was talking about all the different forms she might put a story in when she's thinking about it. And here's another one. We could have a form of a diamond poem. That's awesome. And I knew this was coming. And so my last words are diamantes for... Laura and for the first graders. The first one is Laura, clever, cool, knowing, growing, showing, pigs, sleds, hot cocoa, wisdom, teaching, walking, knitting, woolly warmth, mittens. First graders, silly, smart, laughing, asking, questioning, rug, school, teacher, books, writing, reading, learning, wild love, blossoms. Aw, let's give it a clap. amazing. You all are fantastic. It's nine o'clock in the morning where I live. And this was my first bit of work this morning. And I'm really happy to start my day with you. Uh, Ms. Lapina and first graders, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to help us interview Laura. Laura, thank you for being here with us at the National Writing Project. And thank you for this lovely winter book just in time for the holidays. I hope everybody goes out and gets a copy and thinks about how to knit some mittens or something else they'd like to learn how to do. 
Uh, Brian, it's always a pleasure to be at the right time with you. And uh, listeners, thank you. We're glad that you were here. Um, if you liked this show, please go to nwp.org and sign up for our newsletter so you never miss an episode of The Right Time. If you'd like to be with teachers like Ms. Lapina and others who are thinking about their practice and working together, help join us in our studio at studio.nwp.org. Um, uh, and we will see you in all of the places online where we talk about writing and teaching writing. Thanks, everybody. You're Thank listening you to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP.